Welcome to Sports Rivals with Monty and Ernie. Lively, entertaining banter on sports topics you want to hear. Sports Rivals on Super Bowl 56 Sunday. Ernie, my Los Angeles Rams <laughs> are Super Bowl 56 champions. In my 52 years of life, I'm telling everyone my age, the Los Angeles Rams finally have their first championship as the LA Rams. What an incredible game. We're going to dive into this right. in detail in a little bit. But we're also going to talk the incredible NBA trade deadline. What a week of trades there were. But Ernie, let's start with the Super Bowl. Those of you that are listening, that are regular listeners, you can tell that my voice is a little bit hoarse. Uh, what an incredible end to the game. But Ernie, share your thoughts on, on <laughs> Super Bowl 56. Well, first I'll take credit on, on the success of your Rams because I picked them in the beginning of the year. <laughs> yes, you did. You had but them going to the Super Bowl. It, 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 incredible game. I mean, I, I had my doubts there. I, 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 I mean, it went as predicted from what I saw, what I said last week in regards to the Jam- in regards to the Rams getting at that, that quick start. Uh, they built that 10-point lead, uh, and then the wheels came off. Uh, OBJ gets hurt. Uh, the Bengals come back. Uh, score 14 un- unanswered points, you know, and that in that 22 second second period where they they score a touchdown and get that interception, boy, I mean, it, it took a lot of fortitude for the Rams to stay to keep focused in that game to actually come back. But the Rams pulled it off at the last second with a very emotional Aaron Donald, and I, I, you know what, I am so happy for that guy. At the same time, I, I. As we spoke off air, I totally regret that 2014 draft where the Steelers were going to pick him up because he practices in the Steelers facility. So they see him every day. They see him every day. Uh, I'm not sad about this, the, the picks that the Steelers got. Aaron Donald, I think you said, went 13 or 13. 13. She, they pick up Shazier at 15. They addressed their defensive tackle with Steven Tewitt in round two. But I think, oh, if we had Aaron Donald. <laughs> but I'm happy for that guy. To see the emotions that he had after the game, you know, very happy that he was able to taste it. Three-time defensive player of the year. So deserving. And now there's rumblings that he may even leave the game. If, if he does, he did it the right way. Yeah, he would be leaving on top. Now, I hope that this is just emotions uh, that are speaking, but there's a lot of chatter. And and we can talk a little bit more about this later, but the chatter surrounding both he and McVeigh, you know, leaving um, because McVeigh's getting married. He wants to start a family. He has two multiple TV stations clamoring to get him to be an NFL analyst. And then AD has done it all now. He's a three-time defensive player of the year. He's a seven consecutive year first team All-Pro. And now he's a world champion. And the way CTE is always on the back of people's minds, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, especially those that are in the trenches. Right. And when you've done it all and you have your money, walking away is, is going to be an option for many, many more players, I believe. So let's not really... I'm hoping that he does it. Selfishly, I hope he comes back. But let's kind of dive into the game a little bit. I mean, I thought the Rams started off well. They went down, OBJ touchdown. Um, 
The Bengals come back. The Rams hold them to a field goal after a 46-yard amazing catch by right. Jamar Chase. Chase yes. They hold them there, hold them to a field goal. They come right back down for a, a touchdown to Cooper Cup. And then Hecker drops the ball, which at the end of the game, that had a lot of relevance. It, it changed things at the end. And then that kind of sparked the Bengals who went down and scored. But when OBJ blew out his knee, and it looks like he blew out his knee again, mm-hmm. uh, and could not return, that was a game changer. Because the Rams were moving the ball. Yeah. They had no answer for Odell Beckham. Yeah. And once Beckham was gone, on top of Higby being gone, um, and Van Jefferson being hurt, it became pack the line and not let the Rams run it. And then double-team Cooper Cup. Right. And that's pretty much what happened mm-hmm. for the entire game until that last drive. Um, and then Matt Stafford said, the hell with this. We're going to go to Cooper Cup on every single play. I don't care if you have two guys on him. I don't care if you have three guys on mm-hmm. him. We're going to just keep throwing the ball to you. But I thought at the beginning of the second half, I thought it was an egregious call. And I'm a Rams fan, mm-hmm. but I think that was... Fairly obvious that T. Higgins grabbed Jalen Ramsey's face mask and threw him out of the way to get a walk-in 75-yard touchdown on the first play of the second half. And at that moment, it seemed to really spark the Los Angeles Rams defense. Because from that moment on, they absolutely dominated with seven second-half sacks. Mm -hmm. It seemed to fire them up. And in my head, I was just thinking, I don't believe the Rams are going to lose on this play. Mm. Either the Bengals are going to romp them or they're going to find a way to come back. And all the credit to me goes to Matthew Stafford. He's taken a lot of criticism over his 13 years, has taken a lot of criticism this year, can win the big one, 0-3 in the playoffs. Now he's a Super Bowl champion. And Mm -hmm. he's earned that Mm -hmm. with clutch play against the 49ers, bringing them back 10 in the fourth quarter, and then bringing them back with a drive, 15-16 plays to end the game, essentially, um, and then to see Aaron Donald again for the second consecutive game end the game with a with an incredible defensive play, yeah. um, I could not be happier for my Los Angeles Rams. I mean, I was ecstatic watching the celebration at the end of that. Yeah, game. yeah. I mean, even t- at, at towards the end. I mean, I I would think that the the changing point as far as the defense is concerned was when uh, Aaron Donald. Uh, push Burrow out, out and uh, the Cincinnati defensive line, I mean, offensive, offensive line came and, and gave him trouble. I think that really sparked him at that because it was a legal play. Yeah. I mean, he didn't do, he didn't do anything uh, unsportsmanlike on that right. play. Burrow was still inside. He, and, and all he Aaron, did was push him. Exactly. It's, it, it, you can't blame Aaron Donald for being as strong as he is. I mean, a push, a tap, to me, that was a tap, but for the normal player... That was probably a push, but it, to me, still, it, it didn't matter. The offensive line came up, caught Aaron, Aaron Donald, almost lost it. I'm glad he, he held his temper. He didn't get a, a, a flag for that. But then on, that's when, that's when the sacks started coming. I think Burrow only was sacked once prior to that. Then came the onslaught. And that one that ended the game, not not a sack, but at least a defense, uh, a quarterback pressure. Burrow got the ball out in time, sealed the victory for the Rams. An incredible game. I think if you're a Rams fan, you're very pleased. Probably grew a gray hair or two if you're a Cincinnati fan. Uh, you know what? Next time, don't 
don't plan a parade on Monday when it's not all said and done. <laughs> well, I, and I think you could see you could see the youthful exuberance on on the Bengals players. I mm-hmm. mean, they were dancing a lot, um, but they're young. They're young. They're excited. And let's be honest, they are ahead of schedule. No one expected them to be in the Super Bowl this year. Right. And with their young nucleus, the ability to bring in more talent to yes. supplement the talent that they currently have on a rookie. Um, contract. You know, rookie contract quarterback. quarterback. Their star, superstar wide receiver in his first year rookie contract. You know, they have so much money to supplement what they currently have. I think that they're going to be fine. I think there's going to be plenty of opportunities yeah. for Joe Burrow to come back to another Super Bowl. But for my Rams, it was all in. Yeah. I mean, and, and it proves to some extent that their method of doing things can't work. It's not for everyone. It's all in, and it's not building for the future, and it's doing what you can within the confines of the salary cap from a year-to-year basis, not looking to necessarily build through the draft. Right. You know, I think Mike, uh, Mike Greeny, who I really, really enjoy listening to, he, he was really arguing uh, over the last week or so that same point. He goes, Jacksonville Jaguars been building through the draft for the last 15 years, and they're constantly picking number one. Why is that the way to do this? If the Rams can get to the Super Bowl two times in four years and now they're a Super Bowl champ, isn't that better than being the number one pick 10 years in a row? The Rams tried that. Right. You know, if you don't, if those of you that are Ram fans, and I know there are a lot of Ram fans listening now, uh, we know how hard it was on the Rams. 10 consecutive doldrum years during the Jeff Fisher era. Uh, era before McVeigh got there and Les Snead got there and then this different philosophy of drafting well late in the draft and then supplementing your first round picks right. with extreme talent. Right. So you traded two number ones for Jalen Ramsey. He's an all-world cornerback. He may not have had the best game today, but he's an all-world cornerback. Then you trade another uh, number one pick and Jared Goff and some other draft capital for Matt Stafford. The weakness, you know, the weakness that Jared Goff was holding the Rams back for the last couple of years. I think Stafford corrected that. And then you add Von Miller, you know, for a second and third round pick. And you can see what he meant to this team down the stretch. Not only his production, and he was extremely productive down the stretch and in the playoffs. But his leadership, his leadership was incredible. Not only how he leads, but how he got Aaron Donald to lead vocally. Because Aaron Donald is a leader by example, but we saw against the 49ers how he really stepped out of his comfort zone and led vocally. But it's worked. It worked. It paid off for my Los Angeles Rams with a world championship. So the question now is, it's always a copycat league. It's a copycat world. Mm-hmm. Do other teams go this route where they're, they don't value number one picks quite as much as they used to value and instead turn a number one pick into a superstar player? I mean, the Seahawks tried to do it, but they gave two number one picks for a safety. I think you have to be careful on where, what positions you're trying to get these, uh, these trading your picks for. Left tackle, Maybe quarterback, maybe cornerback, maybe. I think those are the positions that you may want to mortgage the future for. Uh, But it'll be interesting to see. It is a copycat world to see if other people go this route where they don't value number one picks 
as much as they used to. Certainly the Rams don't value their number one pick. We last had a number one pick in 2016. We don't have a number one pick till 2024. Um, so it's going to be a challenge for the Rams <laughs> to build on things. But Les Snead, give him credit. He finds a way to manipulate the, the uh, salary cap yeah. to get talent yeah. in. And now I think you've created a situation where you've created a culture of winning that players want to be a part of. Right. It's what happened with Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. I think it's what's happening with the Los Angeles Rams. So we'll see what they build on for the future. But I know that you've got a lot more of that to cover in terms of the future uh, next year. Um, but one more thing. I mean, I think as a Rams fan, Raheem Morris took a lot of heat early in the year because Brandon Staley, the Charger coach this year, came from the Rams. Had the Rams had the number one defense in the NFL last year. Um, and then this year they kind of faded back and Raheem Morris was taking a lot of heat early on but I think the guy did an incredible job down the stretch he was building um, and he was putting together a program that allowed the Rams to succeed in the long run and they had to overcome a tremendous amount of injuries Mm -hmm. Uh, and then they were able to supplement with certain things but I think Raheem Morris uh, is going to be a head coach again in the NFL at some point in time he didn't get the jobs this year Mm -hmm. But now comes the annual pill, uh, pillage of Ram coaches as Kevin O'Donnell tomorrow, the offensive coordinator, will be named the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. He's taking Ram assistance as his offensive co- uh, coordinator. So the Rams are going to have to start from scratch. So maybe they'll go out and they get Eric Bieniemy because I heard today that the Chiefs may not bring him back. So mm-hmm. he may be a free agent. Uh, so that would be neat to see Eric Bieniemy with the Los Angeles Rams next year. But um what an incredible day. I mean, what, a, what an incredible game. What an incredible season. So much adversity overcome. So happy for people like um, like Big Wit, you know, the man yeah. of the year the other day. Yeah. 40 years old, been in the league for such a long time. He's been just a tremendous player and an even better person and human being. Uh, you talked about Aaron Donald and elaborated on him. If he were to retire now, he's one of the three best defensive players of all time, in my opinion, mm-hmm. with Lawrence Taylor and Reggie White. Um, the fact that he leaves early probably curtails him from being the best of all time if he does decide to leave now. Um, and then even Matthew Stafford, you know, in Detroit for 13 years, you can tell the person that he is by how much support he had in Detroit. All the Detroit Ram t-shirts that were passed out in Detroit all weekend, uh, all week, where the fans in Detroit were clamoring for Matthew Stafford to win a title. And that says a lot about the person. Because normally when somebody leaves, you want them to lose and not have success. But the Detroit fans really wanted Matthew Stafford to have success. And then Odell Beckham. He's had a very checkered career. He's gone from a super arrogant, self-centered person. He seems to have matured a lot within the last uh, 12 months. First with Jarvis Landry being his mentor in the Cleveland Browns and then, and then really towing the line and becoming a completely different person with the Rams. Having a baby on, you know, on the way tends to do that to you. Mm-hmm. Parenthood tends to make you mature. But I'm happy for him as well, even if he didn't get to complete the game. He's got his first title. So, whew. What a day. What a game. What a game. <laughs> well, 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 well said. And, and, and uh, you, I'm going to be uh, from an outsider looking in. I'm going to I'll, I'll tell you everything that you said I agree with. I'll add one more thing. You got to have a little bit of luck. 
Because one of those pieces don't work. I don't care how great of an evaluator you are. They're all great out there. You see some things, little potentials, perfect fits that you say that this person is going to come in and he's, he's, you know, he, he fits our, our scheme better than the scheme that he's coming from. So he'll do, he'll, he'll, he'll outperform uh, a lot. They all do that. This is what they do for a living. So it does. It takes a little bit of luck. You make one wrong move, especially with Matt Stafford, the quarterback position. Uh, that sets you back. If Matt Stafford really didn't work out over here, uh, I'm, I'm glad that they took the character issues into 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 concern because that's to me that's where it leads from. You're if if you're beloved and and you work hard, you know that to me that takes care of a lot of the questions out there. But you know what? They they struck gold. They struck gold this year. I, I mean, I'm surprised again, like what you said in regards to them valuing free agents over draft picks. I mean, I was surprised when they got uh, Jalen Ramsey way back when. I didn't even think that he would be able to fit into that cap space. But they, they keep on, you know, mortgaging, mortgaging the future, mortgaging the future. Uh, boy, I mean, uh, I'm glad that the Rams won it. I don't know if, if Donald does leave, and it seems to be like Whitworth and Weddle will be leaving. Be, yeah. you know, I think those two are, 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 are de gone. De definitely leaving. And like you mentioned earlier, if McVeigh leaves for the studio booth, uh, it might be Slim Pickens. Yeah, for the I, next mean, I mean, certainly <laughs> if all of those things happen in this offseason, it's going to be a tremendous uphill battle. For the Rams, I mean, you know, they'll probably go out and get Mike Tomlin. He'll leave the Steelers for the for the Rams. But after that, it's gonna it, it would be tough. I mean, it certainly would be tough, especially with the salary cap the way it is. You know, to be able to manipulate it, if you have your hundred million dollar guy retiring right. and the dead cap money stays on, and then you got to replace him with his money still there, that would be that would be a travesty. So, um, but you're right. I mean, it, it, it takes it takes a little bit of luck. Um, but man, it paid off. It did, and it, it was. It did. I mean, what an NFL playoffs! The yeah. last seven games, all the games, uh, the last seven games were nail biters yeah. that came down. They were literally to the last play of the game. All of them. It, it is. I don't remember an NFL playoff quite like this, uh, and I probably will never remember another one quite like this because it's the first time my Los Angeles Rams <laughs> came out on top. And and again, props to. Matthew Stafford. Little surprise that Cooper Cup won the MVP of the game. No. But considering how much he's done all year long, uh, the two touchdowns, the, the key receptions down the stretch, um, I thought it would be like a Stafford or a Donald thing because Donald made the key play down the stretch. Um, but I'm happy for Cooper Cup. The, I am. The I, guy is yeah. a just... He's had the greatest season in wide receiver history. Because it culminates in a championship. Mm -hmm. So he has the most catches, the most touchdowns, the most yards. He's had the most spectacular season in the history of any wide receiver. And he's just an incredible human being. He's an incredible human being. Uh, and I'm so proud of, of him and people like Whit, uh, Big Wit and what they do for the community. Um, it's just an exciting time. We'll worry about next year in a couple of weeks. Yeah. But for now, we're going to relish in this um, and then finally, for all of us Los Angeles fans, this ends the trifecta with the Lakers and Dodgers winning two years ago and the Rams winning this year. I wonder if the Rams will finally get the parade that the Dodgers and Lakers couldn't have because of COVID. You know, so maybe they can celebrate all three at one time because there's not going to be any <laughs> celebrations for the Lakers anytime soon. <laughs> 
true, true, and they and they deserve it. I mean, and and I, if, you know, if you, if you're a Cincinnati Bengal fan listening to this podcast, I mean, let me talk about your team because you know what? When when Burrow went down a year ago, I mean, what what a turnaround for your team, and the Cincinnati Bengals. And I'll speak about this a little, uh, you know, at the end of my closing thoughts. They are sitting ripe because they are projected fifty six million under the cap for next year so you know what upgrade galore i mean you're uh, like you mentioned you got you got uh, two of your offensive stars on rookie deals right now you're 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 ripe for the pickings as far as you know who you want to bring in and now those stars know that you can make the super bowl and if they want to seek a championship mm-hmm. you can get that veteran leadership over there yep. cincinnati bengal fans i mean as a, a lot steal- to be excited as, for. As a Steeler fan, I'm worried. <laughs> yeah, for the first time in almost your whole life, you have to be worried for the, I... about the Bengals. Because what I think they have to be really encouraged by is Joe Burrow is special. He is special. But I think he gets too much of the credit for the Bengals. Because their defense is the reason why they were in the Super Bowl. And their defense was the reason why they almost won this Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. They were dominant against the run today. And it took an all-world performance by Cooper Cup on the last drive to edge this out for the Rams. But if that defense plays that well with Burrow's development going forward, whoo, your Steelers are going to have a hard time. Yeah. Everybody in the AFC North is going to have a hard time. It is. It's, it's going to be interesting. And that whole AFC... With Mahomes and Burrow and Allen and Herbert and Lamar Jackson and 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 Dwayne Haskins, I mean, it's going to be just crazy in the AFC. <laughs> Glad you put in a Steeler there at the end. Glad you put a Steeler there in the end. But yeah, so Cincinnati, you know what? You know, I know you guys are over three in the Super Bowl, but uh, you know, I, I, you guys, you guys got a lot to like in the you know next season and the seasons to follow after that you guys are you guys are sitting pretty hopefully your owner doesn't screw up by you know in some of the articles i've read that he's a he's a little tight on the money there uh you know buy you know for where you guys are purchase an indoor facility so you don't have to borrow a college campus's indoor facility and invest in your players if you guys do that boy uh Maybe you'll come in second to the Steelers <laughs> next year. Or, or so you hope. So yeah. congratulations to the Cincinnati Bengals. An incredible season. An incredible game. They came up you know, one minute short, three points short mm-hmm. of a Super Bowl championship. And congratulations to the Los Angeles Rams and everybody in Los Angeles for the Rams' first title as the Los Angeles Rams. I cannot wait to see the parade coming up. Uh, I'm so happy for Aaron Donald to finally win his first championship. Uh, and I'm so thankful for for Von Miller and, and his contributions. And I just hope all these guys come back. Like Tampa Bay said last year, let's run it back one, t- one more time. Even if the result is like what Tampa Bay have, <laughs> let's run it back one more time. Just, be, just to see what may happen. Um, if not, what happens with the Rams? They bring in all these talent. If they can't afford to keep them, they leave. They get supplemental picks, yeah. you know. So Von Miller leaves. They traded a two and a three for him, but if he leaves, they'll get a three back. Right. You know, so it's worth the risk. And uh, congratulations to the Los Angeles Rams. But Ernie, let's transition away from the NFL. Um, 
boy, what are we going to talk about? We've been talking about NFL for the last six and a half months. Um, about the NBA. Yeah, I think we're going to talk about the Rams next week just for the heck of it. <laughs> but let's go ahead and transition to the NBA. And what an amazing way to transition because the trade deadline in the NBA is usually uh, blasé. It's not quite like the Major League Baseball trade deadline. Right, but right. man, what a trade deadline this week. So, of course, I think we have to talk about the biggest trade, which is the Harden uh, deal with the 76ers. But I also love what your Celtics did. And I'm sure you want to talk a little bit about oh, that yes. later on. But let's start with the big trade of the week. James Harden, for the second time in a year, forcing his way off of a team to another team. Um, and the 76ers go all in. They go, they get James Harden and Paul Millsap. Mm-hmm. They give up Seth Curry, one of their best shooters, if not their best shooter, Ben Simmons, who hasn't helped them at all this year, and two number one picks. And Drummond. And Drummond, you know, for, for James Harden. A lot of people love this trade for the Sixers. I don't think you agree with that. I, what I, is your take on uh, this trade? Uh, I, it, they're better. Let's just say, I mean, th- there's no doubt. I think this year, uh, this trade helps the Sixers more than it helps the Nets. I think, uh, you know, when, you're gonna, when you trade a talent like uh, Harden away and you play, replace him with Simmons, although, albeit Simmons is a terrific player, uh, the Nets are weaker. Uh, the Sixers are stronger on paper. Yeah, theoretically. Okay, on paper. Uh, the East is let, let me start off with this the East is stacked this year they are stacked the Boston Celtics just made it just, by winning today they're on, they're, I, I believe they're on a 9 game winning streak they're in the 6th spot that 6th spot is 4.5 games away from number 1 so with, with about 25-30 games remaining in, in, in the season you got any one of those 6 teams that could be, be number 1 and to me, Harden doesn't blow me away where the Sixers are overwhelming favorites. Are they favorites? I would say yes. They're favorites to win the East right now over the Nets, even though Vegas, as of yesterday, still had the Nets to my, my disbelief on top of that. I don't, I don't see how the Nets can be, still be favorites when you got Kyrie still not being able to play yeah, at And most half a season. Exactly. exactly. And, and then, it, then, and then KD, and then you don't know when when or if Simmons is coming ex- back. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see that. I, to I, me, I, it's clear that Milwaukee is the favorite, in my opinion, right now. See, for, um, even for you. Yeah, I think Milwaukee is the favorite at this point in time. But yeah, I mean, the 76ers, I mean... Does this put them over the hump? I mean, I get from their perspective, I guess they're thinking, you know what? Ben Simmons is not going to help us right now. Joel Embiid is having an unbelievable year. We know his injury history. It's like they're going all in this year. Right. The Harden trade is the Rams-Stafford trade. We're going all in. We're going to win it this year. My problem with the trade is, is twofold. One, Stafford really wants to play for the 76ers. Okay. He's going to be a free agent in the offseason. The 76ers could have just signed him in the offseason for nothing and then found other assets for Ben Simmons and Seth Curry and Andre Drummond if you wanted to. What they're saying right now is we rather give up these assets, two number one picks, Drummond, Curry, and Simmons, to win this year. And that's what they're banking on. And I don't know. I'm not sure that Harden is the answer to Mm -hmm. get them past the Bucs 
or past the Heat, which I believe are the two top two teams if they're all healthy. It's the Bucks and the Heat to me. Um, and then your Celtics are, are on a roll. And I just don't know. Harden never plays defense. You know, so you've lost a shooter in Curry. You've, got, you've gained a ball-dominant player in Harden. Is Harden and Embiid going to match? I no. mean, maybe. Maybe, maybe, I maybe so. not. But I think defensively, they're a weaker team. They're, they've lost depth because Drummond is, is no longer there to, to back up Embiid. Um, I, I don't like the trade for the Sixers. I'm not saying that this is the answer for the Nets, but I think under the circumstances with Harden forcing his way out of a trade, I think it was worth the risk for the Nets. Even if Simmons doesn't come back this year, that he will come back next year and they'll have three years because he's under contract for three more years. You know, you have Kyrie, you have KD, and you'll have Simmons with Curry. Um, that's a formidable team when they're all healthy, assuming that this vaccination mandates will probably go away by next season. Right. But for this year, the Nets are a mess. I mean, everybody's hurt. Kyrie's only playing half the time. Seth Curry's not the answer. You don't know what you're going to get, if you're going to get anything out of Ben Simmons. So I think this is turning into a lost season for the Brooklyn Nets. They've now lost 11 in a row. And as great as KD is, if he comes back with this set of cast, cast of characters, if Simmons doesn't play, that's too much for KD to overcome by himself. Yeah, it's not going to happen. I yeah. don't think so either. Yeah, then Harris is still out. Clarkson is out. Uh, it's Yeah, they, they are definitely there. Let's just say this. They are not as strong as they were last year. And last year they lost to the Bucs. Uh, I look at them, to me, they're, they're, they're third, maybe even fourth, you know, as far as my, my pick uh, to come out of the East. You know, I, I'll, I'll pick the 76ers, number one. I'll take the Bucks number two, and I'll take Miami, number three. And yeah, then, for, for me, I, I've got the Bucks one. I've got Miami, two. Um, and I, I don't know. I mean, the, the Sixers are there at three. I think the Celtics are there. The Raptors are there because the Raptors are playing well. Um, but I think it's two. I think there's a top two, and then there's a little bit of a gap before you get to the Sixers, the Celtics, and the Raptors, to me. Uh, the Nets are just missing too many pieces. Yeah. If they were to put this together and get on a run late, I would be really, really surprised. And that would have to be an all-world performance by KD to make that happen. Yeah, and but, but we've seen KD. I mean, let's be honest, folks. If KD does not step on that three-point line against the Milwaukee Bucks in Game 7, they're, they're NBA champions. Yeah. I mean, that's basically... That was, that was, that was for overtime. If he, if he... One inch back... He he drains that bucket. That's a win. They win Game Seven, and they would have beat at they would have they would have beat Atlanta, and they would have beat Phoenix. I mean, I I I don't think anybody would have disagreed with me. KD is that good. He is that good. Now is he that good with this team? No. Yeah, I think he's they're not. just missing too many pieces. Too many pieces. At his age already, I don't think he's good enough to overcome all of the deficiencies that they that they have. So. What, what a deal, though. I mean, it certainly took away a little bit of the luster from the NFL early in the week, but it's oh, yeah. great for the NBA to have that kind of a blockbuster trade. But at this point in time, do you really want James Harden? I mean, he's a good player, but he's now forced his way out two, two years in a row. Two teams. Which is why at the All-Star draft the other day, he was the last, last player selected. Um, no surprise there from KD's standpoint. Yeah. Um, I love how KD 
justified his reasons that they needed height because of Giannis and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you see LeBron holding up the clipboard so. busting out laughing exactly. at, at exactly. that so I mean that's amazing so let's I, I know we, I want to spend some time on your Boston Celtics because I think they, they made a couple of low profile trades as it relates to the Harden one or the CJ McCollum deal mm-hmm. sending him from Portland to the Pelicans um so let's touch on some of these other trades. Okay. Porzingis goes from Dallas to the Wizards. I like it. For who? Who do you like it for? For the Wizards? I like it for the I like it for the Wizards. Okay. And and, and, and for Dallas, it frees up cap space, uh, you know, for other future prospects. Porzingis was getting paid a, a ton of money yep. there. And I I just don't th- I think he's an alpha. I really do. I think that's why him and Luca bumped heads a little yeah. bit in Dallas. I completely agree with you. I mean, I like this for the Mavericks because I think it's subtraction. It's addition by subtraction because Porzigis and, and Doncic were not getting along. Right. Now you get Spencer Dinwiddie there, who's not, I mean, the greatest player in the world, but a very good player. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Tim Hardaway got hurt and is now out, um, they needed that. So I think that helps. And Porzigis is always hurt. And I think you've seen the, the response from Doncic. The two games since the trade, he scored 51 and 45 in a triple-double. So he's averaging 48 points a game since the trade. Mm-hmm. I think that shows that he's a little bit happy uh, about the situation. From the Wizards' perspective, not a whole lot of risk here. If Porzingis balls out, then, then they're going to be fine. Uh, if he doesn't, they gave up Dinwiddie. They have some duplication there with that position with KCP and Bradley Beal, although he's now out for the year. But the Wizards seem to be going in circles anyway. So I thought that Porzingis is a big name, but I thought that was an interesting deal, and I think Dallas wins that one. Um, CJ McCollum to the Pelicans from the Trailblazers. For what the Blazers got in return for that, I was a little bit disappointed. Mm-hmm. Now, McCollum has been hurt all year, and then um, Damian Lillard is hurt now. So the Trailblazers have kind of fallen off, but... To me, they settled a little bit. You know, they they. You know, I think the Pelicans got C.J. McCollum for not a whole lot of assets, so I think that's a good deal for them. If and when Zion can ever return to health. Yeah, and and and, and you couple that with the trade that they made to the Clippers, that's <laughs> even worse for the Portland Trailblazers, in my opinion. I mean, to you know, even though they're not big names in Covington. And uh, Norman Powell. Yeah, Norman Powell. I mean, that's still, I think they got robbed on top of that one. But going back to, to the Pelicans, I mean, we're still on the Zion watch, if and when Zion comes back. Uh, he will come back, I, you know, depending on how his foot feels. Uh, that'll, help. That'll, that's gonna help. that'll help just based upon McCollum's leadership. I think his tenure within the NBA, just the way he came about being, you know, that four year player in college. Uh, very steady. I think that uh, is that's needed on the Pel- on, on the Pelican squad right now. Team them up with uh, Ingram, uh, you know, and, 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 yeah, and and Williamson. I I I think that's that's a good fit. That's now f- now they just gotta be healthy. And yeah, that they, that big thing is Zion Williamson. That the guy is holding records for the time that he's in there. I mean, you know, his percentage rate, uh, his shooting percentage rate, and uh boy, the guy just gotta lose weight. Yeah, he does. I mean, he's he's he hasn't played a game yet this year. I mean, he had a broken foot in the off season. No one expected him to miss the entire season. At this point in time, where the Pelicans are in the standings, it's highly unlikely that yeah. we're gonna see Zion at all this year. 
um, which is a shame. I mean, he missed the beginning part of last year injured. He's missed the entire second year injured. Um, you're right. He has to he has to move in with LeBron James and eat <laughs> with LeBron James and, and get himself into better condition because he's too heavy for his body. I'm not saying that he's fat. He's a big boy yeah. who's extremely athletic. Yeah. But I think his body is screaming at him, I'm too heavy for what you're asking me to do. Exactly. He's too heavy for his body. And so he's going to have to recognize that the way Charles Barkley did and went on to be one of the top 20 players in NBA history after losing a bunch of weight. So can Zion do that? I hope so. Because he'd be so good. Uh, I'd love to see it he'd happen. He'd be so good for the NBA. Yeah, and he'd I mean. be so good with the Lakers with Luka <laughs> after LeBron and AD go away. <laughs> but the Lakers will get to in another story. Um, one more sneaky trade that I liked, and then we'll dive into your Celtics. I love the, the Milwaukee Bucks adding Serge Ibaka. I mean, last year you really liked what Ibaka brought to the Clippers. And he was one of the reasons you thought the Clippers would go a long way. He's not the Serge Ibaka yeah, of old. He's not. But not the, for not what the, the Bucks need right now, I think he's great. With Brook Lopez injured, he does some of the same things. He's not quite the shooter, but he's way more athletic, mm-hmm. a good defender. Um, I love that addition. That, to me, is the sneaky Buck addition like P.J. Tucker was last year. Could and be. P.J. Tucker proved to be a much bigger addition that anyone could have anticipated because of his defensive presence. And I have a sneaky suspicion Serge Ibaka is going to be the same way this year. Not saying Milwaukee is going to win another championship, but I'm saying his value and what he brings to the table is going to be really helpful for the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, I think I think he'll provide actually, I, I would say, even more value than P.J. Tucker did last year. Being, you know, being that uh, Lopez is, is still out, I think uh, he, he'll definitely have more playing time. Uh, but, you know, before I even touch on the Boston side, I'd like to talk about one of your Gonzaga guys who, who went from the Indianapolis, uh, Indiana Pacers to the Sacramento Kings. And what I thought was a, 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 steal a, si- for a silly trade. For which team? For, for, the, for the Pacers? For, for, the, for the Sacramento Kings. Oh. I don't think, I, and I, 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 I love the Montes' game. Okay, but you pair him with De'Aaron Fox, who's going at 110 miles an hour. DeMontis Sabonis is a half-court player. He thrives in the half-court offense. And then you get you pair him up with the, you know, the road runner and De'Aaron Fox. I just don't think they complement each other on top of that. I mean, See, I, I, on this particular one, and I'm glad you brought this up because I had forgotten about this trade because this one happened before anyone else. I actually like this for Sacramento. Um, I thought Sacramento giving up Halliburton, who has been really, really a strong player, but there's so much duplication there. And for whatever reason, they've been trying to get rid of Buddy Hill for a couple of mm-hmm. years now. Um, I like Sabonis and I like the, the Fox-Sabonis combination. I like the high lows that they can present. I think Sabonis as a passer is brilliant. So I think you can take the ball out of Fox's hands a little bit. Yes, he's the road runner. And Sabonis is not going to be able to run with him, you know, from that perspective. Um, but I think when they get into the half-court game, I think Fox and Sabonis will play will play really well off of each other. Uh, and let's be honest, the Sacramento Kings have been going nowhere fast, so they're trying to clear out a whole bunch of people. And I like it for the Pacers as well. I they, love it for the Pacers. They add Halliburton. Uh, they add Buddy Heald, who they were trying to trade again. I think there are some teams that are interested in that. But now you have Brogdon, you have Halliburton in the backcourt with um, Turner. With, with you have Turner down low. 
You have Buddy Hield as a shooter. Uh, you have Duarte. Yeah, you have Duarte there. You have you have some pieces there. Right. You know, so I like I I they gave up an All Star caliber player, but I thought they got a very fair return. So I think this is one of those deals where both teams are going nowhere. Decided to try to spice things up a little bit, and I think both teams are better for it. Uh, time will tell. Yeah, time will tell. I I I think the Pacers will be better for it more than the Sacramento Kings. To me, the Sacramento Kings uh, did exactly what Sacramento Kings did for the last 18 years. I think that's the last time they were in a in a playoff game 18 years ago, and I think this proves why they they do it. I just I just I. For I, I get what you're seeing in regards to how they'll play one off one another. Uh, I just don't like the chemistry between those uh, those two. When your top two play, and I've seen this with with the Boston Celtics, when two of your top players are in simpatico, they're not together playing as one. Uh, it's such it's a challenge. It's a it's a challenge. Both both Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are having down years compared to last year. And they're on a 10-game winning streak. Why? Because I think they have better chemistry now than yeah. they, they, they did last year. And, and that's true. But one of the sneaky things about this trade that I liked is that they were they, they started to get... They had Fox, they had Halliburton, and they had Davion Mitchell. Right. I still am a believer in Davion Mitchell. So Halliburton leaving gives Davion Mitchell an opportunity to play more now. So now he'll go into that starting lineup, yeah. I would think. Uh, and he's a great supplement to De'Aaron Fox because he's all defense. He's tough. Yeah. Uh, so I think that'll help. So I think that's another one of those situations where you get rid of Heald, you get rid of Halliburton, you create space for Davion Mitchell. Um, but Sabonis is definitely, I mean, they haven't made the playoffs in 18 years, but Sabonis is going to be their best big man since Chris Webber. Oh, yes. I mean, yes. it's been a long time since they had somebody down low that's a two-time All-Star. I, I, now, I, whether that changes their narrative and yeah. makes them a more competitive team, the jury's still out on that. You, yeah. You're right there. Um, but I thought, hey, it's worth the risk. I mean, it's worth the risk to, to... We're not going anywhere anyway. We've got all guards on this team. You know, let's get rid of two guards and get an all-star center and see if we're better off for it. So uh, we'll see. Maybe they could have got more for De'Aaron Fox and built around Halliburton and Heald and Sabonis. I, I, uh, I, but I think they love De'Aaron Fox. You know what? I, I like... Halliburton. I, I like Halliburton. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I, I was spying him. You know, unfortunately, and he dropped. I thought that guy was going to go top five. He slipped to number 11, Sacramento got him. I, I really wanted him for the Celtics. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess that there's a little bias going into my reasons, I think. Because you like Halliburton. I, I, like, I, uh, I mean, the, the, let's just face it. I mean, Indianapolis is not going to go anywhere no matter what. So why yeah. not wait until the off season? maybe make a trade over there. Let's see if, uh, you know, you could get more for Halliburton or Darren Fox when there's a bigger pool of players to choose from, but it is what it is. It is what it, it is. is. It is what so it is. So let's jump into your Celtics. I mean, they flipped like half their roster. I love it. You know, half their roster this week. So walk us through the highlights for you on the Derek White trade and the Daniel Theis trade. Oh, well, first, the whole thing in regards to being a Celtic, I mean, the, 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 the big news was, not the big news, but the news out there was, why is the Celtic ownership wanting to just trade just to get below the, the luxury tax. I mean, you're talking about Boston is not a small market team. They've, they've had this tradition. They've got a huge falling, not only in Boston, but on the international circuit as well. I mean, they're, they're not strapped for cash. You know? So why, why, why uh, worry about the luxury tax? 
the first move they do is to trade their two acquired picks uh, you know, from the Denver Nuggets to get below the luxury tax. Okay, so it started out really bad for me because I was just pissed about that. <laughs> you know, just for just for the just for the sentimental reasons. So of, that was the bowl bowl part. Yeah, of that this. was that was the bowl bowl PJ Dozer trade to the Orlando Magics. Then I got more happy, but not too happy on the Derek White trade. I was happy that we got Derek White. Not so happy that we had to give up uh, the amount of. Uh, capital that we had for Derek Ryan. I knew Derek White was a good player. I know he was he was the number two guy in my opinion, even ahead of uh, you know uh, I can't even remember his name in Kenyon or something like that from the San Antonio Spurs. But I knew he was good. But to to you know to 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 give up two uh, I mean a number one Romeo Langford who who was your number fourteenth pick from two years ago. And Josh Richardson. On top of that, a 2028 pick swap, which kind of scares me, uh, was a little too much. I loved how he played in his first game since the trade. I'm talking about Derek White. He fit, he fits seamlessly into uh, the system that Emi Adoka, uh, the Boston Celtic head coach, put in. But then again, Emi is a disciple of Popovich, which, you know... Who, who runs the San Antonio Spurs. And Derek White played with Jalen Brown and Tatum yeah. under, under this coach in right. the 2019 right. U.S. Uh, Olympic-type team. Right. So right. there's a lot of familiarity there. Um, but I think just generally speaking, I don't think the public, the general public is aware of Derek White. No, because he's so, he is so soft-spoken. Uh, and it's because of how he came into the league. The, the guy wasn't even in a Division I program. The guy got a basketball scholarship to a culinary school. Then he balled out so much in the uh, culinary school that he actually ended up getting picked up by the University of Colorado, was picked, balled out there, got picked up late in the first round uh, by the San, uh, San Antonio Spurs, played a couple of years in the G League before he you know, actually got up. So the guy comes from humble beginnings. You know, it's like the Alex Caruso route. Yeah, he he came from humble beginnings, but the guy is—he's just a very high IQ. High IQ doesn't make mistakes. Great defender. Yes. So him with Marcus Smart is a great combination to me. I oh. mean, it certainly upgrades them, in my opinion, that backcourt. Oh, you know, once he gets accustomed yeah, I, I, to what's I, I, going on. Yeah, I I think the only other backcourt that's as good as them. From a defensive standpoint, would be the one in Miami with Butler and Lowry, but yeah, as far as as those two, as far as defenders concerned, you match them up with their starting lineup with, uh, you know, with with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and uh, Rob Williams. I mean, uh, good luck. I mean, good yeah. luck. Good luck trying to score when they're when they are on all cylinders from a defensive side. They've shown in in their last. I think they they've only allowed. Uh, teams, their last eight games, they've only allowed two teams to score uh, over a hundred, and 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 in today's game, Atlanta exploded for sixty point. I mean, about I think fifty five points in the first half. They they only allowed them forty points in the second half, and that's when they just started to to allow uh, you know to really shore up their defense. So 
Very good acquisition pick on top of that. I also like the Daniel Tice trade. Yep. Uh, which, which it's pretty clear that Stevens liked the guy. He and did. he wasn't responsible for trading exactly. him that last was... year. And he went out of his way to get him back. Yeah, he knew what a pivotal piece Tice was. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, uh, he replaces Ennis uh, Cantor Freedom, who was an enigma in himself in regards to his political opinions, which is a total different topic. You know what? Itself. When he's with the Celtics, the guy sucks. When he's anywhere else recently, like when he was with the Celtics, he was terrible. He went through Portland, he bowled out. He came back to the Celtics, he's terrible. Um, definite upgrade here. I, I love the, the yeah, this addition. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it fits what they need. You know what I think the, the really intriguing part is about your Celtics is after this gangbuster trades, and again, it's not the biggest names, but there's a lot of volume there. The Celtics have five positions open well three now on their roster well who they pick up the they picked up their two-way players off of the g league right so they're just filling roster space but i think theoretically they're going to be super active players on the free agent market here on the buyout market they will people like goran Dragic or others that are going to be available they have all of this space on a team that's won eight in a row with a trajectory towards the top of the East, they're an attractive place to play mm-hmm. if you're now getting bought out. So maybe Russell Westbrook will be a part of the Celtic <laughs> rotation. I hope, I, I hope not. I hope not. I just, I, you know what? I, I love the trade. I love what Brad Stevens was doing. I mean, I had my doubts earlier in the season when, you know, how can the guy be a head coach all for his entire uh, you know, coaching, you know, for his entire career in basketball. Now he becomes a general man. He's done a terrific job. He really has. I mean, and he's a, an extremely smart player. I always, I mean, coach, person. I always believed in him as a coach. I was highly admirable of him as a coach. And I believe he's going to be a good GM. Um, but anybody can be better than Danny Ainge. I mean, that's one of the <laughs> Actually, Danny Ainge is an incredible GM while, while he was there. So I'm just joking with you. So... I'm happy for your Celtics. I think they're better now, and I think they could get a lot better with the right um, buyout people Mm -hmm. to fill out their roster. But I really like Derek White. I think he's a better team player. Mm -hmm. I think the pop philosophy is kind of what you really want if you're a Celtic. And I think Derek White brings so much more to the table than a Schroeder or some of the other guys that they cast away there. Oh, yeah. Schroeder. I think these... Uh, they regretted getting rid of him last year. I think he fills a void. And I think that's recognition that Al Horford has not been who they thought he was going to be. Um, but now th- there's a three-person you know, rotation, rotation there right. between Williams, Horford, and now uh, Daniel Thies. So I'm happy for you. I mean, I think the Celtics are much better off this week than they were last week. I cannot say the same about my Lakers. I'm actually happy <laughs> that they didn't do anything. There's a lot of speculation that they want to do something. Ernie, I've been saying this all year long. The Lakers are going nowhere this year. So stop digging the hole deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Let's realize that it's just not going to happen this year. Let's play out the string. Let's see if we can get rid of Russell Westbrook in the offseason and see what we can do. But at some point in time, we cannot continue to succumb to LeBron James trying to win a championship, getting rid of every asset that we have to try to win now when that's not going to happen. Right now, as much as I love LeBron James, I would rather trade LeBron James for assets than trade all of our young guys 
because that's not working. Yeah, you know, not. the last draw for me was them trying to trade for Russell Westbrook. And like we talked about last week, I feel sorry for the guy. I mean, the, the crowd is telling him not to shoot at home. They're still saying, <laughs> no, don't shoot, Russell, don't shoot. I mean, that's humiliating. I actually feel sorry for the guy. And I blame LeBron for this. Yeah. And Palinka for giving in to LeBron, but LeBron for soliciting that. Right. So my Lakers are going nowhere. So for right now, I'm, ha- I'm basking in the glow of the Rams. And for now, I'm going to cheer for your... <laughs> actually, I can't do that. I want to cheer for you. I'm going to be happy for Ernie, but I, I just can't say that publicly that I'm cheering for the Celtics. It's just not in my DNA. So an incredible NBA trend deadline, but I'm dying to hear what your closing thought is because I think we're going to go back to the NFL right. maybe get an early look into who's going to be in next year's Super Bowl. Yeah, it's, it's, my, my closing thought is basically that. I just wanted to delve in my... My and it, it's too early. The Super Bowl just ended. We're not even twenty four. We're not even five hours out of the out of this last Super Bowl. But I just wanted to figure out, you know, just go for real quickly. I'm not to take too much time on top of this. On who who would we figure out to be maybe uh, Super Bowl Super Bowl contenders? Uh, and of course, this all changes with the draft, free agency, and whatnot. But for now, let's just look at uh, take a quick dive into it. Uh, first of all, I'm just gonna go into the top. Uh, the last four uh, teams that were in the playoffs, so basically your AFC and NFC participants, see where they stand as far as how they look uh, for contending in 2022-2023 for Super Bowl 57, which will be held in uh, Phoenix, Arizona next year. Uh, let's start with your Rams. I mean, uh, it's already known that uh, you have several high marquee players that are hinting on retiring. I think two are, are pretty much set in stone in, in regards to Weddle and uh, Whitworth. Now, if Aaron Donald leaves, I, 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 I really think that's going to set off, uh, you know, a domino effect and, and your coach leaves too. And maybe we don't know who else is going to leave. I don't know if they can, if they can uh, re-sign Von Miller. Maybe he'll stay. I don't know if they can re-sign... Uh, OBJ, we don't know. So there's a lot of variables on top of there. A lot of variables. A lot of variables on top of there. And now I think they could survive, and I think they can be very competitive if they can keep the core players there. You know, uh, he's still got Cooper Cup. He's still got Matt Stafford. And you get Robert Woods coming back, Mm -hmm. you know. So if if OBJ leaves, you have Robert Woods there to take his place. So... Yeah, I think that I but think the AD is the big one. Yeah, that's good. That that's gonna be big. I mean, that's that's gonna be really big. He'll he'll open up some cap space. I don't know how much dead money's in there, but knowing how much he gets paid right now for being a three-time defensive player of the year, uh, it's gonna be formidable. I don't think you're gonna you're easily. I mean, let's just say say it right now. You're not gonna get a one for one on him. There is no way. There is no another. There's not a, a an Aaron Donald out there that it gets paid half that salary. So uh, a little slight, I think they're gonna be competitive out there. Uh, they may fall a little bit short, okay? So uh, let's let's go with, uh, let's say the Green Bay Packers, okay? It really depends right now on, on, Aaron, on, on Aaron Rodgers, but here's the, the, here's the trouble with that. Aaron Rodgers has hinted that he wants out. Uh, he's getting paid a ton of money. So is Devontae Adams. The, the second worst cap situation in the NFL at this point in time is the Green Bay Packers. They are 46 million. 46 million folks over the cap right now. They're going to have to readjust a lot of cap space. 
hell no is Aaron Donald, I mean, is Aaron Rodgers going to uh, manipulate his money, his contract to open up cap space? This may actually force them out. I had no idea that they were in this type of cap purgatory. Well, what, what they could do with him is if he decides that he wants to stay, they could extend him so that his cap hit... Like what the Steelers did with Ben Roethlisberger is, right. is lower it for one year and push it out for three, four years. So yeah. that could be what they do, but that's a risk. At that, 37 years old with a guy that doesn't know if he's coming or going. Yeah, yeah. and you're talking about when they did that with Ben Roethlisberger, he was on a $29 million contract. And you wish they didn't do that. Yeah, <laughs> and they're going to pay for it next year because he still has one year to go on top of that. So I believe that that dead cap money for him is about $13 million. Uh, but getting back to uh, the Green Bay Packers, they're going to have to find a way how to manipulate out of that. You know, I, I think they're going to have to do it by getting rid of some key pieces out there. I'm not really sure who is uh, uh, a free agent uh, that is valuable to their piece, but that remains a big thing. Okay, that may remains a big thing. Uh, Aaron Rodgers for for and I know we spoke about this in 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 other podcasts. He is such a great quarterback. But the playoffs aren't kind to him. Yeah, I mean, exactly. He's 11 and 10 now. He's 11 and 10 in the playoffs for the amount of talent that he has individually. Right. And the last three years being the number one seed, essentially, to have only one Super Bowl is uh, disappointing for <laughs> lack of a better. Just being blunt and honest, it has to be disappointing in his 17-year career to have one Super Bowl. It, 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 it is. Okay, so I mean, so the, I, I would say that they've got as much chance of getting to this. I, they have less of a chance of getting to next year's Super Bowl than they've done this year. And if, if Rodgers leaves, they've got no chance. They've got no chance. But then again, I agree. then again, the Cincinnati Bengals two years ago, there's nobody out there outside of the city of Cincinnati who would have said that they would have been true, but they got Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow right? You know, so and, and they and, and they got Jamar Chase. But even with Joe Burrow on that team when he was out, I don't think anybody would have said yep, Super Bowl the Super Bowl the following I year. Agree. So let's follow that pattern. Cincinnati had a ton of cap space, and like we mentioned earlier in this podcast, they're gonna be they're gonna be about fifty six million under the cap so they're gonna have a terrific off season the, uh, they should kid in a candy store type of off season they should with, with the talent and that if they, they were have. smart they're gonna invest in that offensive they, line they should because they have the skill position players the defense proved to be strong they invested in Trey Hendrickson last year beef up that offensive line and uh, man you got something special yeah they're gonna they're gonna be good 56 million in play money basically to help shore off that offensive line, it's going to be a matter of do they pick the right people? Do those person do those people uh, do, do do those personnel stay healthy throughout the season? Uh, I mean, Mahomes did it uh, in Kansas City. They shored up their offensive line, but they didn't get back to the big dance after that. After uh, uh, you know, they got to the Super Bowl, so it didn't work for them. Let's see if the Cincinnati Bengals can do it, but they sit in a really good position. I like them as my favorites out of the four teams in a championship game to return to the Super Bowl at this point in time. Uh, so let's look at the, the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs, surprisingly uh, enough, I thought they'd be in, in, in uh, cap purgatory also. They're only $4 million over the cap. Uh, their free agency signings uh, aren't really that bad in regard. I mean, they've got... They've got Ingram, who they picked up from the Steelers. I think they let him go. I think he's easily replaceable. Uh, 
I mean, there are... I think the one that's going to hurt for them is they're going to have to let the Honey Badger go, it seems like, because he is a free agent. He's a free He's a free agent. So he's, he seems like the yeah. one that may price himself out of the Chiefs. I don't... I, I think they pay him. I mean, his contract right now is $14 million. I think they can pay him. I, I it, we're, we're not talking about quarterback money or, you know, defensive back. I mean, he is a defensive back, but, you know, <clears throat> I think his market right now allows i mean let's just say he gets paid with what he gets paid right now if, if he's anywhere within that vicinity i don't think they nickel and dime him if they if if he asks for 18 million it's going to be another team that's going to want to go over and above that amount mm-hmm. and they get into a pricing war uh but the honey badger is, is not a young pop anymore and i think he no. likes the situation uh you know I think he likes his situation. He hasn't won the big one yet. And I think the the Kansas City Chiefs affords him the his best chance of getting back to the Super Bowl and possibly winning one before he calls it uh before he calls it a career. I mean, mind you guys, this guy was terrific. Then he got he got he got he got sick and he miraculously came back. I mean, I thought this guy's career was over. A uh, terrific story, but the guy is uh getting up there. He's he's long in tooth, so I th- I think the for for me, I think if if I am him and I want to win a Super Bowl, I I do it now. I I I I think the the Kansas City Chiefs are his best opportunity. But I you know I still think the Cincinnati Bengals have a little bit more. A little bit more because they can bring in they can shore up their offensive, uh, uh offensive line and add more pieces. I don't think, uh, the Kansas City. Chiefs can do that. It's going to have to be through the draft, and they're picking late in the draft because of their their success. Uh, again, those are the four top teams in this year's Super Bowl. Uh, I believe it's Cincinnati. the most. It's Cincinnati. I believe it's probably depending on what the Rams do. It's probably the Rams and Kansas City, and I think the Green Bay Packers have the. I mean, not. I said the Green Bay Packers. It should have been the San Francisco 49ers. But they're going to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. So they're going to be building on, on Trey Lance. So, I mean, gang, just generally speaking, we, we know that typically half the playoff teams don't make it the year after. So this year there are 14 playoff teams. So we can bank now that there's seven of these 14 teams that are not going to make it. Um, now, if the Rams return relatively intact, if Aaron Donald and McVeigh comes back, I think they're going to make the playoffs. I'd be shocked if they don't make it. But it's imp- nearly impossible to repeat. So to think that the Rams are going to repeat would be naive on my part. So I, I would agree with you there. Um, Trey Lance is a big question mark. If he if he can be the Trey Lance that you think he is, you know, when he was drafted, then certainly think the 49ers could easily make it there because that roster is loaded mm-hmm. other than quarterback. I think the quarterback position is their only question mark uh, at this point in time. The NFC with Brady retiring and the possible defections and retirements from the Los Angeles Rams um, is is pretty weak. You know, there's really anyone's opportunity to come out of the uh, out of the NFC. Seattle could bounce back if Russell Wilson stays healthy. The 49ers could play well. Mm-hmm. The Cardinals could play well if they stop fighting with Kyler Murray. A lot of chatter that we'll probably get into in another show about him and the Cardinals. But um, it's anyone's game really in the NFC right now with the amount of attrition, especially if Aaron Rodgers were to leave the Green Bay Packers 
and go to the AFC. I agree that the Bengals are going to be formidable. I think for me, in the AFC, the Bengals and the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen is balling out. That team is still super strong. They lost a heartbreaker to the Chiefs. Um, I think those two would be my leading Super Bowl contenders in the AFC. But the AFC is going to be a gauntlet. I feel bad for you and your Steelers. That AFC is going to be... It's going to be tough. Really tough, be tough to crack. The Ravens, how well they did, even though they didn't make the playoffs, they were injured up to the yin I mean, they were so injured. All their running backs, Lamar Jackson barely played. He was a shell of himself they, this year. They should have only won four games this year. Yeah, and, and, and they almost made the playoffs. Yeah. You know, So if he stays healthy, they should be back. Um, the Browns, you never know. They have a talented roster. But we talk about the AFC West, Mahomes, Herbert, Derek Carr with Josh McDaniels now coming into town. And if the Broncos were to get in Aaron Rodgers or someone similar, wow, that AFC is a gauntlet. It's going to be imperative that the Steelers find somebody, whether it be Garoppolo, who I hear a lot linked to your Steelers, a lot of Garoppolo talk to your Steelers that I'm hearing mm-hmm. Um they need something because they cannot go into next season with, with Rudolph and Haskins and expect to compete in that wild, wild AFC, that gauntlet of talented players. Yeah, I'm actually setting myself up for a rebuild year. It's been a while. You know, it's been... It's been they don't rebuild. They don't. They, they don't, don't rebuild. They're not going to settle for a rebuild. They'll, they'll make some, they will make something happen. And I don't think a Garoppolo is a massive situation. Aaron Rodgers would be staggering. Russell Wilson would be staggering. Garoppolo fits. I think he fits in Pittsburgh. Now, if he can stay healthy, I think he'll help them. Whether he'll get them over the top with all the other competition, I'm not sure about that. But he certainly would give them viability and make them a playoff contender. Yeah. I mean, um, if, if he plays the way he played this year, then definitely they're, they're going to be a, in a better situation. I think Ben... Ben's last season and a half didn't really bowl well, even though the season before they went on that 11-game win streak, I think Garoppolo would... It, it, it all depends on how his contract situation works, how much the Steelers spend on their other positions. 26, I mean, they're, they are going to be... They're projected to be $32 million under the cap. Garoppolo's contract right now is for 26. Maybe they do an extension... Kind of limit, uh, you know, stretch that out. Like, but he only has one more year, so, so you know. They and all the 49ers are asking for is a two or a three. To me, that's worth the risk. Give the, give the 49ers a second or a third round draft pick. Take him for one year, and then if you like him, extend them. If you don't, then you have a year to find somebody else. Maybe you draft someone in the first round, and you trade in the second round for Garoppolo. Because that team is loaded. I mean, Ernie, your skill position players are solid. Your it, defense is amazing. It's the line. It's just the offensive it's line. It's the line. But I trust that that young group will be better in year two. I don't. They have to be. <laughs> they have to be. I, I, I don't. I, I think they, they hopefully Linderbaum is available in the draft. I don't think he's going to be there. I think he's going to get picked before that. Uh, I, I really think they need to do it through free agency. So I think that's where the money is going to be spent, and when all said and done, I don't think I think it's going to price them out of Garoppolo's, uh, you know, out of his market. I think they go smaller, like a Jameis Winston or a Marcus Mariota or somebody along yeah, those lines. Yeah, Jacoby Brissett is the name that I've been hearing. Actually, him and Mariota are the the two leading candidates from the inside chatter. That I, if they knows. go that route, then I really do think they they are rebuilding. You know, they they're they're trying to do a gap year to find a better plan. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I just, I mean, the Steelers are just always good. Yeah. They always find a way. Yeah. It's just they that always they, find a that, way. And I don't think they go through the draft. A lot of guys are, are, are thinking about going through the, uh, about, but this year's quarterback class is, is weak. Is weak. Yeah. Relatively speaking, it's weak. Yeah. But we'll see. I mean, we'll see. But gang, um, right now, Ernie is saying of all the teams that were finalists, so to speak, in the AFC and NFC, the Bengals are the most likely to make it back. In my, in my I cannot really disagree with that. I think the, the Garoppolo situation hanging over the 49ers um, makes the 49ers a little bit of a question. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers makes them a question. And the Rams and, and just the, just repeating in general, even if everybody came back, is a challenge. Uh, so er, Ernie likes the Bengals, and I'm sure that makes everybody in Cincinnati really, really happy. But he makes a great point. If you get tight, and you don't invest in the infrastructure of the team, like the Mike Brown and the, the Bengals historically are, then you risk jeopardizing something that could be quite a future over the next five to 10 years in, in Cincinnati. So gang, that brings us to the end of the show. It brings us to the end of another amazing NFL season. I gotta say, this is probably the greatest NFL season in history. <laughs> it was just the best season all year long. Other than the mid mid stretch of weeks eight to ten, I think were a little bit bleak. Um, but other than that, this season was the greatest season in NFL history. Wouldn't you agree, Ernie? Uh, it was good. It was, it was all right. <laughs> it was definitely the best playoffs in NFL history. As a biased Rams fan, of course I'm going to say that. It was but a as good an play. unbiased fan, it was a great I think playoff. the NFL playoffs are the greatest great. in NFL history. And I, again, I have to congratulate Sean McVay, Aaron Donald, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, and the rest of the Los Angeles Rams bringing home to Los Angeles, Los Angeles Rams' first title in history with a 23-20 victory today at SoFi Stadium in Super Bowl 56. A lot of discussion about that. I'm super proud of the Rams. A lot of trade discussion. Ernie and I both agree. The Sixer trade with Harden and the Nets, I don't think is going to amount to, to much. We question the Sixers mm -hmm. uh, and how much Harden is going to help them. We both agree that the Celtics' activity is going to help them down the stretch. Uh, they're on an eight-game winning streak right now, have won nine out of ten. And then my Lakers suck. So back to the Rams <laughs> winning the title for LA because the Lakers are not going to go anywhere. Gang, what an amazing day for me and all of those that are Los Angeles Rams fans. I am so ecstatic for, for the Rams in the city of Los Angeles. I am hopeful that Aaron Donald will not retire and Sean McVay will come back for one more year. But a great show, a great season. We'll be back next week with some NFL talk things like Kyler Murray, but a lot more NCAA talk as we get ready for March Madness and NBA talk as we go down the stretch of the NBA season. But gang, until next week, we ask you to check us out on social media, Sports Rivals Podcast on IG and Facebook, Sports Rivals Pod on Twitter, the Sports Rivals and the Los Angeles Rams world champions are out. <laughs>